Hello there, how are you doing today? I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. We're going to try our hardest to make you feel even more fantastic after this awesome episode of Nez Nation Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, you guys know I have been really trying to go hard and work really, really hard in crafting a podcast that is just going to bring something different for you guys, something that you can actually implement, something applicable, something more real world, not just general vague vagaries. We don't want any general vagaries. We want actual practical tools, strategies, information, and value that you can use literally as soon as you take those buds or headphones off your eardrums. And in this episode, y'all, you don't want to miss this. Oh my God. OMG. A big fat OMG. We have got Mr. Brad Friedman. He is an author. He is a podcast host. He is the president of the Friedman Group, which is a social media marketing agency talking about inbound marketing and social media marketing. He's helping people to use the power of social and the internet to grow their businesses. And this conversation just rocked the joint, y'all. You don't want to miss this. You really might want to listen to this a couple of times because Brad absolutely brought the heat. We really started cooking in this episode. So without further ado, and he's just such a gentleman, really is. He's such a gentleman, such a humble guy. His podcast, The Digital Slice, is just off the hook. I'm going to leave links to his information in the description. You got to check him out. He just... He just brings it, and I'm so proud to present him here. We had such an amazing conversation. Without further ado, y'all, Mr. Brad Friedman, let's get right into it. Cue the music. Welcome, welcome, come on in. I'm very excited to introduce to you today my guest. Without further ado, Nez Nation, let's jump right into it. I'm very excited to have him on. You can see him on the screen right now. My guest is an author. He is a social media strategist. His book is fantastic. He's also the president of the Friedman Group, which is a digital agency helping businesses, helping companies you know, navigate their way through inbound marketing, social media marketing. And it, he, I just, I'm very excited. He hosts his own podcast with the killer title called the digital slice. Ladies and gentlemen, Nez Nation live. Let me introduce to you, Mr. Brad Friedman. Brad, how are you, man? Hey, I am awesome. I can't tell you how honored I am to be on the greatest podcast <laughs> in the world. That's right. Unbelievable. And you should be honored. I'm starting to get actually a little nervous. <laughs> no, need to be out nervous. Here. no, no need to be nervous. Just do, I, just do what I do. Put a little bubbly in your coffee. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm very, very excited to have you, my man. Um, it's been a long time coming. I had such a fun time on your podcast. We have so much to talk about. I really appreciate you being on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share this out everywhere now that we have an actual live feed. And everybody, please come on in, come on in, share this out. If you know somebody, if you have a friend, if you have anybody in your group who needs to learn more about what's happening in the current state of the union of the social media world, you've got to share this out. Sharing is caring. 
Brad, for our audience, give them a little bit more of a background, if you will, uh, about who you are, your mission, while I share this out, please. Sure, sure thing. So uh, I am a recovering attorney. Um, <laughs> I, I go to meetings and everything, and I stand up there. Hi, I'm Brad. <laughs> I'm a recovering attorney. I practiced law for about 16 years, and then I got pretty burned out from doing that. And I went and ran a foundation for about eight years. And then I decided it was time for me to do something that I really wanted to do and have some fun. And I looked around and I saw that none of the people that I'd been working with, lawyers and doctors and financial services providers, were using the internet and mainly because of regulations, the SEC regulations and FINRA regulations and the Code of Professional Responsibility. So I thought I could start a company that focused on working with those people. And I'd go in and tell them, hey, I'm a lawyer, I can read the regulations and I can help you be online, be successful and not lose your license. And uh, eight years later, I'm still trying to get one of those clients. Uh, none of those people wanted anything to do with me. <laughs> so, uh, no, um, I've had a lot of fun. I work with those kinds of people. I work with small business owners. I work with individuals and really just try to help them take advantage of the power of the internet to grow their business. That's fantastic. And, and, and I, I can't think of, you know, a better world that we're living in now to do that, right, Brad? I mean, we're, we're the, the opportunities, I talked about this in one of the promo videos for the show, the opportunities just seem so boundless now. They just seem um, just blooming with opportunities. I, 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 you know, I do a lot of consulting. I'm a LinkedIn consultant and I coach a lot of people talking about throw that piece of paper away, create a video resume, create content, establish your authority, establish, you know, your presence in the online world, because that's where people go first. How do you, what do you think is happening right now? And, and just for people who, you know, the Nez Nation audience listening right now, because you do so much content creation yourself, how, where do you think people should start? Where, where, where do you advise clients or businesses? Should they start on Facebook? Should they, should they do live video or does it, how do, you, how do you sort of get the ball rolling with people when right. it comes to this thing called social media? Well, first off, I, I um, make sure people have a website. Interesting. So it sounds basic. I mean, everybody, you know, you think everybody who's around today in business has a website. And um, to my surprise, that's not always the case. And in a lot of situations, they have a website, but it's 10 years old and it's never been touched. So I look at the website really as the hub of all of your online activity. It's the one thing that you actually own. It's your property. You control it. If Facebook changes an algorithm, it doesn't affect your website. If Instagram rolls out something new and you all of a sudden can't advertise on Instagram, you still have your website. It's your property and it's where you, everybody should be able to go to find out anything they need to, to know about you. It's sort of your repository of, of information. Yeah. So I have people start, you know, whether it's tuning it up, whether it's looking at the search engine optimization, whether it's adding video or graphics or, 
or whatever. And then um, I'm also big on making sure, you know, I see a lot of websites and they're not pointing people to the business's social media. There's no social icons on the homepage or on any page. So that's a, that's a big requirement, um, I think, too, because you know, you're pushing people from your website to social media, and then you're using social media to push people back to your website. Maybe you published a blog post, and you want people to go to your website and read it. So it's kind of a back and forth. When I draw the picture, it's got those two arrows. You know, you got your website here, and then you got the arrow out to social media, and then the arrow on the other end back to the back to the website. So that's, I think people need to start with that website. Yeah, I, I, I actually, so beautiful, beautiful uh, advice, Brad. I tell people all the time, like, yeah, you can have an unbelievable YouTube channel. You can have an unbelievable Facebook profile or a LinkedIn profile, but you don't, you're, you are renting property on somebody else's land and having your own domain, having it, and, and, you don't have to get too funky, right, with your domains. There's a lot of domains that are still available. Um, you know, I still own ProfessorNez.Live and NezNation.Live. I haven't done anything with those websites yet, which is my deal. And I'm going to, you know, definitely, I need to get on that, like, immediately. But ProfessorNez.com, I try to work on that constantly. I'm never satisfied with it, but uh, I'm I'm trying to tweak it because I I do consider it. It's like having your own storefront. It's like your own storefront in the digital right. world. Right. And uh, so many people, as a matter of fact, I just saw something very recently as of this recording. A really big YouTube creator just created a video that all of his videos, all of his his entire channel, has been demonetized. And this is somebody who was making a very significant living on his YouTube channel. And uh, YouTube, which owns his channel, which Google owns that property, right? He's renting on that property, decided for some reason or other he wasn't very advertiser friendly. And he found that he was in a lot of trouble in his wow. channel. I mean, can you imagine if you're making six figures a month um, and that just vanishes overnight? Could you imagine that? That, yeah. that to me is it just completely solidifies and confirms your point, Brad, that start with a website and it's so easy now, right, Brad? I mean, I have a, I have a Squarespace account. I have a Squarespace sure. site and Squarespace. If you're listening, you can, you can reach out to me for sponsorship. <laughs> um, just a short shameless plug there. Uh, I've actually had talks with them to possibly uh, sponsor the podcast. So Squarespace, if you're listening, I'm waiting for that callback. Um, <laughs> But it's, I think a lot of people, this is what I tell my clients, especially my post 45 clients, a lot of them are so overwhelmed. I mean, you and I are, are not, you know, we're not younglings by, by no stretch of the imagination. We're not right. old either. Don't get it twisted, Nez Nation. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, you know, um, I, I find that the, the most difficult thing, or actually, I find that what I need to do first is I need to convince my clients. I wonder if you experience this too, Brad. I want to ask you that it's not something to get overwhelmed about. People get overwhelmed. What's a website? What's a landing page? What's a sales page? What's, a, what's paid traffic? How do I go live? What's content? Do you find that that's something you need to sort of communicate to your clients and convince them that, look, this is not something that's overwhelming. It's something that can be done. As a matter of fact, it's easier than it ever has before. I mean, when you and I first started in this game many, many years ago, 
the idea of creating a website, you had to know coding, you had to have backend philosophy, and you had to understand Java and C++, right, and SQL. Now, everything's so easy. Everything's so simplified. Um, what do you, what do you, what are your, what's your take on that, Brad? Do you feel that that's part of your service is demonstrating to your clients, look, this is not only something that you need, but it's not something to get overwhelmed by. Right. So really I, I look at that two ways. So one, I try, and it depends on who I'm talking to, but I try to make them understand that it is not as overwhelming as they think it is. I met with a woman last week who is a physical therapist and wants to, and has invented a product that she wants to sell in addition to getting people to sign up to come and meet with her. And I said, look, maybe you need a four page website. You need a home page. You need an about page. You need a contact us page and you need a right. page where people can go buy your product. Not that, not that hard. Um, when I'm talking to somebody in a bigger business, then my line is, yeah, it's, it's a little challenging, but that's why you have me. <laughs> Hello. So like I said, I, what am I here? What am I just a schmuck on wheels? <laughs> <laughs> that's why, you know, so I look at it two different ways. So yeah, this is really hard and you need to hire me to do it for you. <laughs> um, but you know, with, with all of the, you know, now where you can just drop things, you know, the, all the websites are so easy, so easy, easy to build. Um, even that, you know, you might want to have somebody do that for you and help you with the search engine optimization and, and make sure it's done right. But you can get a website, you know, there was a time when you couldn't get a website for less than you know, $5,000. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, to this day, to this day, even Brad, I, before this was several years ago, not that long ago, but I remember just kind of, you know, I'm going to poke around and see who's out there as far as website developers. And I mean, my average price was, and, and, and it was unbelievable. It's like, yeah, it's 10 grand, 15 grand. Right. I mean, I'm like, right. I just, I'm not like, you know, I'm not Kim Kardashian here. <laughs> I just want to, I just want like what you said, just a simple page that I own where I can send people, build a list, build a tribe, a following and create a, create a plot of land, you know, for myself in the cyber right. world. So right. Yeah. And the technology is, you know, so great now where all the email services providers will give you code and you can put a put a little sign up box on your website where people sign up and then they automatically go into your email marketing um, platform. And I mean, it, it's much easier now. It's much less expensive to build a website. And I mean, I can't really stress enough how important it is to have something. And then, you know, the fact that you said you're tinkering with yours all the time is really important too, because everything I read about, Google and rankings and all of that is that if you're not updating your website, you know, whether it's a new blog post every week or it's new content of some sort, something downloadable or changing the language on your, one of your pages, you know, they like to see their little bots that are swimming around the internet, looking at your website, want to make sure you're alive and well, and you're a real website before yeah. they promote you in search results. So right. making those little tweaks regularly is very helpful too for your search engine optimization. 
Oh, that's great advice, Nez Nation. Listen to that. Yeah. So the there there's all these sort of algorithmic, right? presences that that will you know decide whether or not this is an active domain are people active on this is this a, is this a website that is you know getting you know an actual human being behind it doing something with it right that's, that's really cool that's i think that i don't think a lot of people talk about that well yeah and think about it this way too if if you were to get my attention on social media and send me to your website and I click on your blog and I see the last blog post was 2012. Not put forward there. I mean, even like, even like people that I watch, you know, I have, there's certain content creators. I don't even like, you know, if it says five days ago, sometimes I'm like, Oh, you know, I'd rather I it's, it's, there's something about the principle of recency, isn't it, Brad? Oh, absolutely. Something about new, when you see that new tab on, you know, or just published or hot off the presses or, you know, this video was just, you know, released. There's something about that. There's something about currency and recency and that takes a lot of work, doesn't it, uh, Brad? That takes a lot of work. I wanted to ask you this, getting back to the website. Do you think that, because I, I really defer to your expertise on this, do you feel, I mean, I tell my clients all the time to do this. I'd love your thoughts. Do you feel that it's important to have a website, even if you're not a quote-unquote business or an entity? Do you think just as somebody who is living in the world that we live in today, just somebody who maybe perhaps um, needs to find a job, a normal, <laughs> I almost want to say it's, I'm, I'm kind of trying to find the right words. <laughs> What's a, a normal person, <laughs> not a marketer, not a business person, not an entrepreneur, right? Do you feel that it's important that people create this quote unquote digital presence or digital profile? Um, I, I do. So I think, again, it's the only thing online that you actually own. Right. So if you're a, a student getting ready to graduate and um, looking for work, you know, even if it's one page and it's got a nice picture of you and talks about, you know, what you do, what you studied, what kind of work you're looking for. Um, I, I still think that's important. You know, I talk a lot about, um, how we leave our digital footprint and everything we post is another footprint in the sand of the internet. And if it all leads back just to one page of me standing there looking good and telling you that I'm looking for a job and what I can do to help your company grow, you know, great. Um, it could be your LinkedIn profile, but again, and it should be a LinkedIn profile, um, but again, you don't own that or control that. So no. in addition to that, it it wouldn't hurt. I mean, and there's sites that you can use too, like about.me. I think I have a page there that I haven't looked at. Yeah. In a while, but, yeah. you know, there's even sites like that where you, you sort of get some marketing um, because, you know, broadcasts out and you build a community, but you still don't have control over it. But you know, I wouldn't, that would, if you're not interested in building a website, that might be the next, that might be the next best thing. One of those sites where you get your own sort of page. Right. 
Right. Very good point. Very good point. Thank you, Brad. That's awesome. I wanted to ask you, because I know that our audience, uh, you know, really cares about this. So just to kind of maybe go down the sort of lineage here, once you create that website and you've optimized it for SEO, um, you've created a beautiful page that people are drawn to and it really communicates your value proposition. So I know that you specialize in, in generating leads and everybody, everybody who's anybody online wants more traffic or traffic, right? More leads, generating more possible prospective clients or customers. So tell our Nez Nation audience, if you don't mind, Brad, what are some of the things that you're doing at Friedman Group that you're helping clients with? And what would you suggest to our Nez Nation live audience? Because I know they would love to figure out some practical, <laughs> practical tactics on generating leads. I mean, I have my ideas of doing that and I do a lot of Facebook advertising, Instagram. I've even dabbled in Google AdWords, which is really a tough kind of cookie to, to crumble. Google AdWords, uh, YouTube is amazing, a marketing platform for, for generating traffic, but I'm a strong believer in content marketing. But I want to hear from you, Brad. What do you, what is, what do you do? What do you tell clients? And if you don't mind sharing a couple of secret tips with the Nez Nation live audience, we'd love to hear. Sure. So really, first up, um, I am still a big believer in email. Interesting. So everything that I read, even is today telling me that millennials are reading email. Um, and everybody wants the millennial audience. Uh, and it's and in a lot of ways, it's because of convenience. I can read email at 11 o'clock at night before I go to bed. I don't have to be reading it all day long. And as you can tell by how, how adamant I am about owning your own property online, yes. Yes. an email list is, again, something else that you own. Um, people opt in. They say, yes, send me email. And you have a database filled with those names and email addresses, and you can market to them. So I, I, I continue to be an advocate of um, email marketing, and which ties into my inbound marketing um, work too, because you create awesome content, you put it on a landing page, somebody gives you a name and an email address that goes into your email database, they get your awesome content, <laughs> and you send them something else, maybe, oh, you downloaded that content, here's a blog post I think you'll like, and eventually you get them to the point in their buyer's journey where they're ready to talk to you, and you've done that through email, through blog posts, through an awesome piece of content, maybe an ebook or a white paper or something, and and the, the beauty of inbound marketing and tying it to maybe an automated workflow through email is that now you have a warm lead. You mm. have somebody who felt your content was valuable enough that they'll give you a name and an email address. Right. So it's not as, as challenging as, you know, cold calling or, or, you know, struggling with AdWords and the like. So, um, I'm a big, still a big proponent of email marketing and creating great content that you share in um, inbound marketing. I love the way you said that, Brad. I mean, this is something that we don't talk a lot about on Nez Nation Live. And I'm really happy that you brought this up because 
you know, I'm a huge proponent of content marketing. I'm a huge proponent of paid traffic. Um, but you, you know, a lot of that can sometimes be cold traffic, right? A lot of that, you know, especially paid traffic. Um, if you're, especially if you're not doing your funnel, right. If you're not creating your campaigns, right. It can definitely be cold traffic. I think a lot of people have the misperception that if I just create an ad and just go in for the ask immediately, people will buy my stuff or people will, will contract my services, which I've learned the hard way. <laughs> That's not something that works, that, that people do need to kind of understand who you are. They need to kind of like you. They need to know you and hopefully trust you. And uh, you said a very key word. You said awesome content. And I want to talk about that in a second. But getting back to email marketing, yeah, I mean, I get emails from certain, you know, uh, influencers in the game and, and people who have really established themselves in, in the digital landscape. Uh, you know, it, it, this isn't something that I think, I think this is something that has sort of faded in the conversation, at least not faded in its practicality and its usage, but something that's faded in the conversation. A lot of people, I've even heard people, you know, claim you, you see tweets sometimes email marketing is dead. Right. It, I like what you said, how you tie it into the idea of you're putting the control back on you. You're taking control back over your business, over your purpose. Even if it's not a business, you're taking control over the information, the people, the leads, your website, your domain, your property, right? Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting with this. This is what I wanted to ask you with email marketing, because I, I think a lot of people are forgetting about this. Um, there's, it, it almost seems like, boy, the inbox, the, the clutter of the inbox is out of control. I mean, let's face it. This is not 1998 anymore, right? I mean, there was a time and period where every email you received, <laughs> you opened it and you read it because it was like, right. wow, you know, you got mail. I still can hear that voice in my head. You got mail. Um, it was such a brilliant new concept. It was awesome and innovative. Now it's become this sort of like spamatorium. Um, and now even Gmail, which is probably the, the, the number one email provider, you know, now has different categories, social promotion, important and primary. Um, how, how would you, what would you say, Brad, to my audience? How, how would you go about not including your, <laughs> including your email campaigns in that spamatorium? And how, how do you, what do you tell your clients? Because it does seem so, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Is it cluttered? Is it saturated? And is there a way out of that? So um, two things on that, I think. First off, I think people are more and more trying to take control of their inbox and they're setting it up. And, I, and Gmail, as I understand it, is about to roll out a whole new platform. Oh, yeah. As of this recording, that's Everything. true. There is, there is a brand new look to Gmail, which I'm, I don't think I've gotten it yet, but I'm curious. Yeah, I haven't gotten it yet either. But I think people are taking control of their email and they're using tools. Like I've been using a tool called Unroll or roll, Unroll.me or something that okay. actually you can go in and every day it says, here's 28 new emails. Do you want to leave them in your inbox or do you want to roll them up? Mm. And so you can pick what shows up in your inbox and then you can go to your roll up 
and scroll through there and see if there's anything in there that you want to read. And mm -hmm. then it also has the ability to unsubscribe you from emails. You just click on an unsubscribe and it unsubscribes you from that email automatically. Okay. So, it's just one example of the way people are using tools to sort of take advantage of their inbox mm -hmm. and see what they want to see. Um, from a from a email marketing perspective, you know, it's really all about the subject line. Okay, you might have the greatest content in the world that you're going to, of course, when you're on the greatest podcast in the world. <laughs> It just goes to say that you have the greatest content in the There's world. There's no hyperbole there, folks. <laughs> and you're sending that off to somebody. They're not going to open the email if your subject line doesn't attract their attention. You got, you got three seconds to get them. You know, I, I talk a lot. I go around and talk a lot about email marketing. I tell people, you've got three seconds just to get people to decide whether they're going to open your email. Right. And then you've got probably got three or four seconds once they do open it to see if they're going to scroll down and read the whole thing. Right. So subject lines and are, are very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's so funny because I, I love the way you said that the subject line is all, it's almost like the title of a book. It's the title of a movie. It's, it's the title of, I tell my writing students and, and it was so much fun having Jack, your ah, in my class. And, he and loved thank that you. Class. by the way, just a real quick note. Thank you for the beautiful compliment on your, uh, I, I thought, I thought it was brilliant. Your storytelling there yeah. talking about how Jack took my class. Um, Nez nation, uh, what we're talking about right now, those of you listening and watching is, uh, you know, I'm an actual professor at uh, Chapman university and other places and Brad's nephew actually took my course. So it was really cool. We're, we're connected in so many ways. Yeah. But I tell my, I tell my students all the time, Brad, I say, your subject line, if it says no subject <laughs> and you're sending that email to anybody, let alone your professor, more than likely, you know, uh, it's going to come across not only lacking of effort and professionalism, but probably it's not going to get read. Right. Uh, and, and think of your, think of the title of your essay. Think of the title of your story. Cause I teach a lot of creative writing. Think of that. The title is the first window, like a headline. Your subject line is almost like, you know, akin to that. So well, I mean, I think that. about yourself. Yes. I mean, when I, you know, it's human nature. I open my inbox and I scroll down and I, first of all, open emails from people I know. Mm -hmm. And then I open email from, you know, looking at the subject line of something that's interesting. I mean, we live in a world where everybody should be very careful about what they open and yes. what they click on just because of all the people out there that are trying to get, you know, information from you and, and the like. So the subject line can be the differentiator in one's inbox. Yes. Yes. The subject line. So that's fantastic. And I, I love the way you said that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, thank you, Brad. I mm -hmm. wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, so, so now that we've, created our website. We've understood that email marketing is not even close to dead. It's, it's probably maybe, if I'm understanding you correctly, one of the best ways to create warm traffic to your website. Absolutely. Um, how, across yeah. all levels. At yeah, all B2B levels. B2B right. for sure. Um, B2B for sure. Yeah. Uh, still the number one way to communicate. But yeah, every yeah. age group, 
Let's yeah. talk about, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the use of probably the predominant form that people are communicating right now as of this recording and probably in the future, which is communicating through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and more, right? There's a bunch more I'm not even mentioning. Right. What's, what, what's your take on how to leverage these platforms? What do you tell your clients? Tell our Nez Nation audience. I mean, you and I both create podcasts. We both have a LinkedIn profile. We both love live streaming. We love live video. Mm-hmm. I've got a YouTube channel, which, by the way, everybody should subscribe to right this second. The world's <laughs> well, no, 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 right, not, not right. Th- it's the world's greatest YouTube channel. <laughs> the greatest. It's the world's greatest YouTube channel ever, and there's no hyperbole there. And it'll um, still be there after we're done, so don't go. I was just going to say, yeah, don't go right this second, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but go as soon as this is over because you want to stay till this, till, right to the end because this is gold. Oh. Um, what, what is going on with social media, Brad? What should we be doing with social media? Okay, so first off, since I haven't been one of your conventional guests up to this point, I'll continue in that line. Please. Um, we don't I want convention. Not, <laughs> I am not one of those people who goes in and says, here's, I have a package for you, and we're going to open a Facebook page and a Twitter page and a YouTube page and an Instagram page. Right. I think that social media is absolutely vital to your digital marketing strategy, but I think that you need to, in today's world, go to where your audience is and not expect that you're going to be able to build a community on the site that you're most comfortable with or the site that you think you need to be with. I mean, I have people call me once a week. I have somebody call me and say to me, So I built this Facebook page last week and I still have nobody who likes it. I thought when I built the page, I'd have 1.3 billion people liking (laughs) my page. They would all get a message. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work that way. And and you have to figure out where your audience is. So we all know the big five or the big six or, or whatever, but there's thousands and thousands of social media sites out there. There's little niche sites for musicians and artists. And, yeah. and, and it's not always about Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Right. Um, now, generally, one of those platforms or more is going to be where you need to be. But I have lots of clients who we, we're only going to be on LinkedIn. Um, and a lot of times when we're first starting, I'll suggest, you know, let's do some a competitive analysis and let's do some research on and see who your audience is, because that's always important even to know just in general, if you're going to be crafting content. Um, and once we know who your audience is, where are they? Are they on Snapchat? Are they on, you know, Messenger? Are they, where are they? And then we're going to go there and we're going to build your platform there. So maybe it's LinkedIn for some of my business people. And then, you know, I like to do that and tell them, let's do that for a month. Let's, let's see how we do in a month, how comfortable you are. Are you posting? Am I posting? Am I helping you? Are you creating content? Can you do it every day? Can you do it every other day? 
you know, let's get really proficient on LinkedIn. And then if we've determined that your audience is also on Facebook, once we're comfortable on LinkedIn, let's go get comfortable on Facebook. Right. Um, so for me, it's really about who's your audience, what's your message to your audience, and where's your audience hanging out? Right. And then you got to you got to work it and you got to be using video and you got to be posting all the time. You got to have images, you know, all, all the things that get people's attention. Um, all those things are like the subject line in your email. Nice. You know, when I see that image that gets my attention, then I'm going to read your post. Right. Um, I'm right. probably looking at that image first. Right. Um, I see it's a video and I click the little speaker button so that I can hear it. Um, I'm going to look at that first before I read what you had to say in the, in the post. So we got to get all those tactics down once we figure out where we're going to be and the kind of content we're going to produce that's going to resonate with our audience. I love it. Love it. I just want to welcome Tony to the broadcast. Tony, good to see you. If you have any questions for our amazing guest, Brad Friedman, please leave them in the comments. I will relay them to our guest. Uh, I, I love what you said there. Where are they hanging out? Who is your audience? What is your purpose? What is your mission? Go there. Don't stretch yourself out too thin um, and create content. I, I think that that's, that's how it is. Now, let me ask you this, Brad. Is this a long game or should people expect results today? Now, I want my 1.8 billion followers on Facebook. <laughs> So it's definitely a long game. Yes. And this um, is what I tell, I, I just really quickly, sorry, Brad. No, sure. I, I, I have this all the time where people are like, well, I've been doing this for like, it's been, it's already been four weeks. It's been six weeks. I'm just going to, I'm done. I'm going to, it's not working. It's like, oh my right. God, it's only been, you need, you need, you should, I thought you were going to say it's only been six months. I would have given you at least a realistic chance. But no, 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 it takes sometimes six years. It takes, it takes time. You're not Kim Kardashian, okay? You're not a celebrity. You're not, you know, it's, it's, you don't have this recognition. You've got to put in the work to get that recognition. You've got these amazing free, by the way, right? Free distribution centers. It's going to take time. What do you expect? What do you tell your audience about expectations, Brad. Tony has a question. I'll get to you in a second, Tony. Thank you. So I think that's one of the hardest things um, for a, a client um, is to, I mean, I tell clients in the very initial meeting that about 90% of my job is managing expectations. Love it. Perfect. So, 90. That's so high. I love it. That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, and that's whether you're telling me I only want to spend $25 a month on Facebook ads. Great. If that's what you have to invest, here's what you can expect from $25 a month. Not a whole lot. <laughs> right. But, you know, if we're looking at it in the long game. Yeah. You know, I just want to be very clear. This is not happening overnight. I'm not placing an ad and all of a sudden your phones are ringing off the hook. And a lot right. of times, depending on how, how I feel in that, in that meeting, um, I'm having people, when they sign a contract to work with me, it's a six or 12 month guaranteed deal. So that after th four weeks, you don't call me and say, you know, I still only have 
10 people who like my Facebook page. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, they're quality 10 people and, and you know, we're, we're working on it, but it does not happen overnight. Yep. And you've got to find the right mix. And, you know, one of the things that I preach a lot, which will resonate with you because you preach it a lot too, is that you've got to find your voice. You've got to find how you can be you on whatever platform it is. Maybe you're not comfortable right this minute doing video. And if that's the case, you need to watch Professor Nez's video from earlier this week about how to get over your fears of going online. Look who did their homework. It's Look who the did their greatest homework. video <laughs> ever. I think you can actually read that in the description. But, uh, I think I'm going to change the subject line. <laughs> but seriously, um, people need to, need to get grounded. Yes. They, you know, it's their, sometimes it's their first time on, on any platform. So whether it's, it's writing the post in your own style with your own maybe humor or lack of humor, whatever it is, um, figuring out the images that you think are going to attract your audience, but images that you're also relating to and comfortable with. Um, if it's video, it's finding your your own voice. You not everybody, as hard as we try, not everybody can be a professor Nez. <laughs> not everybody can Thank have God for that. Style and give those wonderful monologues that you give. Um, not everybody can do that. They have to find their own voice. And that doesn't happen overnight either. No, I love the way you said that. And and you're being so kind. Thank you, Brad. Um I love it. You said something really key. And then Tony, I want to get to your question. Uh, and maybe even Brad already answered it. Um, you said something really important there. You said, yeah, there are 10, you know, leads or 10 followers, but they're quality. So many people in the social media game, they get hung up on numerics. They get hung up on numbers of views and numbers of followers and numbers of subscribers I've got right now 700 subs on my YouTube channel. I've worked my butt off. I worked my ass off for those subscribers. I feel, especially my last video, which Brad described so accurately. No, I really, really love doing it. And I love, I work hard to make sure that it serves my audience best. And, and, and everything that Brad has been dropping, wisdom grenades, y'all, just dropping wisdom grenades, I, I've, I can back that up. I vouch for it a billion percent. Um, but there, there, yeah, it's not 200,000 subs, subscribers. It's not 50,000 subscribers. It's not even 1,000 subscribers yet. But they're quality people. They're people who are getting extreme value from my content. They're giving me amazing feedback. It's helping them. It's working for them. And, I mean, I saved this for last. And it's an audience that I'm monetizing. I'm able to monetize my YouTube channel with that little number, which I don't, I say that loosely. I'm putting air quotes right now. Podcast listeners can't see me do that. Um, it's because it's not about that. And, and, and now I would be lying if I didn't say I want a million subscribers. Of course I want a million subscribers, but I'm not, I, I, I have to be realistic. Listen to what Brad is saying. You got to be realistic. If you're not Kim Kardashian, if you're not Brad Pitt, if you're not Will Smith, you're not going to get there fast. 
it's going to take time. You got to put in the work. My early videos, my early content was absolute garbage. It's hard to even look at. I talked about this with my previous guest. It's hard to even look at those earlier videos and earlier pieces of content and early even blog posts. It takes time. So Brad, I love the way you said that. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. If you can get both, mazel tov, That's awesome. Fantastic for you. But it takes time. Tony says, let me ask Tony's question. Tony, thank you for asking. Tony says, how do you know if the image content is going, image slash content is going to attract future clients? I've done it. And sometimes I don't get the leads I'm looking for. How do you know, Brad, if an image piece of content is going to attract future clients? So um, I'm a big believer in testing. So, you know, you've got to keep trying. You've got to try different images and you've got to see what works. I try to make data-driven decisions. So a lot of times it's, it's, educating clients about what we consider to be the new ROI or the new return on your investment. So everybody's looking at, am I getting phone calls? Am I getting clients or customers? Am I getting cash? In the online world, you need to include in your definition of ROI likes, shares, and comments. So the way to gauge whether an image is attracting the right people or the kind of people that you want to be attracting or, you know, eventually going to generate revenue is looking at likes, shares and comments. Is it just somebody spamming you like more and more on Instagram? Even I'm getting people oh, yeah. who today are liking a post of mine from two years ago, you know, with the, this is interesting with, the, <laughs> yeah, this is I a great pick. It wasn't there. even a picture. It was a video. Yeah. You know, it's like, pick. Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, people that are liking, sharing and commenting, because remember it's all about word of mouth marketing and social media is the new word of mouth marketing. Oh, so I love somebody that. that likes shares and comments opens up your content to their audience too. So Facebook tells us the average person has 125, I think, connections, friends, whatever you want to call them. So every time I like, share, or comment on your post, there's a chance that one of my 125 people are going to see that I'm engaging with you and be interested in that too. So oftentimes, that picture that grabs my attention, you know, may not result in me being your customer, but it might result in some of my community coming to you and being your customer. So you really just have to keep experimenting, keep trying different things, make sure your, your images are branded, maybe have your logo in one of the corners of your images, um, used, you know, your your color palette so that you're establishing your brand and you're building again your your digital footprint but it's all about trial and error yeah i i i boy I, you know nez nation you've heard me say this how many times on this podcast on this live stream i've said it about 10 times i'm just loving this is why i i'm so honored to have brad on the show tangible concrete wisdom grenades. He's just dropping it. It's, I totally, totally back up 1 billion percent everything he's saying. 
because there's no secret sauce, Tony, and anybody listening and watching, there is no secret sauce. It's not like I'm going to, okay, here is how you, it's very, very, actually might even be impossible to manufacture virality. Um, it's, 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 it, nobody really has the secret. There's all these people who claim they do. There's all these companies and businesses that claim they have the secret sauce. And yes, I, I love what Brad said. Data driven is there substance behind their claims. It, there's, there's definitely analytics and there's definite like, you know, parameters and things that you can put into place. Like what Brad's talking about with branding, with logo, there's been studies and analytics that prove when you, you know, talk less about yourself in the first 10, 13 seconds and more have a service mindset thinking about your audience, there's little tangible practical tools that you can implement, but nobody, there's no secret because there's always the X factor. The X factor is the unknown, right? We have the XYZ. I'm sorry. We have the, you know, maybe ABC, but the X factor, which is that unknown factor. I mean, Chewbacca mom is a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can say, well, she was being real and she was just being natural and there was no pitchiness, no salesiness. But there's no way in a million years anybody could have predicted that that would have 50 billion views you know, or whatever it has now. Um, and and, and, and there's, there's a lot of content like that. So tweaking, um, experimenting, staying true to yourself, staying true to your mission, your values, your purpose, and your intention. I would say that's the number one thing you got to do, Tony. And I, I completely, yeah. everything that Brad said. And you I, need to do it a lot. You need to do it consistently. You need to not feel, you know, like, oh, I posted that on Monday and now it's Wednesday and there's only been three people that liked it. So I'm not going to post again until, you know, the end of the month. You need to keep doing it regularly and consistently because, you know, the other thing to think about is, and I tell people this and it's, it's a tiny bit of an overstatement. But when you post something, nobody sees it. Okay, Facebook has throttled down the algorithm so much. Oh, yeah. They, even they tell you, you know, if you haven't boosted your post or you haven't bought an ad or turned a post into an ad, 2% of the people that like your page have a chance of seeing it. <laughs> We're only going to put it out there to 2% of them. And then you got to hope that at some point in their day, they scroll through their timeline and scroll and scroll and scroll and get to your post and find it attractive enough that they're going to actually read it. So you got to be posting all the time just to increase your odds of somebody even seeing it in order to like, share, and, and comment on it. So, you know, I try real hard to keep people from getting discouraged for many, many months. Yeah. Like you I, said, I, it could be years. Yeah, it could be years. And also, you know, it's funny that you say that. It's very interesting because I was just thinking about the congressional hearings where Zuckerberg talked about this is a free service. It's not so free anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, it's free to use, but in order to really leverage the power of this behemoth called Facebook, you really do have to boost your posts. You really, it is really paid traffic almost. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's like, you know, maybe that's, that's uh, something that will change. But as of this recording, you got to do it a lot. You, you, I, I think on Facebook, and I love Brad's thoughts on this. You really do have to think about 
um, having some type of paid campaign, some type of paid traffic strategy. Otherwise, you're just not, it's going to be very difficult. Um, or it's going to take a lot longer. Uh, and, and that's okay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I, I right. still firmly believe in content marketing. And I want to talk to you about you this really quickly before we run out of time, Brad. What type of content? What type of content? You mentioned video. So going back, just to kind of review Nez Nation, we talked about building your own property. We talked about building your own list. We talked about how to leverage these social media sites now. And, and what are some of practical tools to use? You know, consistency, um, knowing your audience, knowing what your position is, what your purpose is, and what your goal is. What type of content, Brad Friedman? Mr. Brad Friedman, social media guru. Oh, guru. No, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that word. Too. I know, I know. Especially when it's using the same sentence as Brad Friedman. Okay, <laughs> I was being, I was being slightly facetious. Even though, if there is, if there is a dude who deserves that moniker, I would say it's you. Because uh, you I appreciate uh, that. Your man. book was phenomenal, by the oh, way. Thank you. And by the way, really quickly before Brad answers that, everything's going to be in the show notes. Brad's going to go back on the live stream. He's going to leave, and you have carte blanche, Brad. Leave as many links as you want in the comments so people can reach you and find you. But in the show notes on the podcast and on YouTube in the description, I'm going to be sharing all of Brad's you know, uh, links, especially his awesome book that he was nice enough to send to me. Killer, killer stuff. You've heard what he's been saying throughout the podcast live stream. It just gets even more in depth in his book. But Brad, what type of content should we be creating? Well, so again, um, I, I think in many ways it depends on your audience and what they're going to relate to. But pretty much across the board, especially in the world we live in today, video content is almost an absolute. Live video, recorded video, video. Um, personally, I often refer to this as the dumbing down of America because people would much rather just sit back and watch a video um, and listen to it than they would read. <laughs> if that's the case and we're marketing to them, then we got to give them what they want. Hello. So I think video, video, video. And then, you know, again, depending on your, your audience, I think blog posts are still um, very important because it really gives you an opportunity to show people who you are and what you know and why you're the expert in whatever it is that you do. And then providing that downloadable content where people, where it's gated and people have to give you a name and an email address. So eBooks, white papers. Um, I mean, I just did like a simple uh, five step social media checklist. Okay. It's, I don't know if it's three pages um, that look very nice, you know, that would be a lot. It might even be two pages, but it's quality content. Mm. So as long as you're giving somebody something of value, um, then you're golden. But you need to think about that too. When I say video, 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 it's not just going online and saying, Hey, you know, I'm at work today and here, here's a look at my office and thanks. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. It's giving people something of value every time you go online, every time you record a video. I, I, I like to think that every time I go online, somebody's going to at least walk away with one thing of value. I may talk for an hour and there might only be one thing that, that you relate to, 
But if somebody walks away with one pearl of wisdom, then I think you've accomplished what you set out to accomplish in that, in that video, in that blog post, in that downloadable content. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I absolutely second that. I mean, this has become sort of like redundant at this point. Um, most of you guys know my content. I, I firmly believe this. I, and, I, and I like how Brad said blog posts. Those are still significant. I publish, and I'll give you something very tangible too. Brad has been dropping some serious, serious concrete knowledge here. I'll give you exactly my formula, Tony, and maybe this will help. Tony's talking about his business where he offers language services for non-English speakers. Um, for businesses who want to reach other markets, people assume that speaking another language is something you're born with, but it does require uh, a polishing and education uh, and be professional to offer the service. Either, um, kind of miss, this is a long post here, Tony. In the medical, legal, or professional fields, what am I doing wrong? I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think if you, if you rewind this live stream and podcast, everything that we've been talking about, the steps you need to take, Tony, I really truly feel they're tangible. I'm going to give you something even more tangible. And actually having Brad, who is an awesome, awesome social media, I'm not going to say guru, <laughs> but a social media, um, a social media expert, I would say, at least at the very least. Um, this is my, this is what I do. So I'll create a video on YouTube or a live stream. I'll turn that into a blog post and I'll write about it. I'll embed the video on either LinkedIn or Medium or on my own website, of course. And then I will usually take the audio and put that into a podcast. So I've covered three of the major content sort of creation avenues, which is the written form, the video form, and the audio form. And then virtual reality and AR is not here yet, but it'll, get the, it'll probably get here. And so, uh, but, but I don't just, it's not just repurposing, which a lot of people talk on. I want, I want Brad's thoughts on this. It's not just repurposing. It's taking the time, taking the care, which is a lot of work and the consideration of the platforms of the mediums themselves, because you can't just, this is what really irks me, Brad, is when people just strip the audio from a live stream and just throw it up into a podcast. I don't know if that's the best way to do it. I always like to do an intro. I always like to have music. I always like to really give context to the shows, which requires effort, which requires right. time, which right. requires energy. And you may not see a return for 24 months, right? You may just, you may not. I mean, I hope you will, but you may not. If you're really serious about this, if you really work on it, it might be that 25th month where you hit jackpot gold. So Brad, what do you think of that strategy of creating yeah, no. audio it's and critical? Yeah. I think, you know, whether you want to call it repurposing or whatever you want to call it, repurposing is, is critical. Yes. Um, and just for everybody that's, that listens either now or on the replay, I was recently introduced to a new platform and I'm not even sure how new it is. And I was been trying, while you were talking, I was trying to think of the name. It's like Lumen... Lumen three hmm. and basically what it is, is it helps you repurpose a, a blog post and get people to the blog post via a, a um, little short video. So you put in a URL and it grabs the content and then you go in and kind of edit and you get to put a few sentences on a slide 
And it's so you've got an image and it becomes a video and then there's a link and it takes people to your to your blog post. So, um, you know, there's lots of tools out there that can make you more efficient at repurposing. And I'll actually look it up and put the correct link and name in the uh, in the comments afterwards, because it's a very cool way for people who don't have a ton of time to repurpose those blog posts and understand how important video is. It's a tool that'll help you help you do that. But I think that's essential because again, you want to go to where your audience is. Yeah. And maybe yeah. they want to read a blog post. Maybe they want to see you on YouTube. Maybe they're watching a live video replay on Facebook, you've got to be in all of those places so that when it's time for that one person to send you the email and say, I want to hire you, you know, then you, you were able to get to them where they are. And that's, that's a great that's feeling. <laughs> that is a great feeling too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the greatest feelings ever. Those of you budding entrepreneurs or those of you who are thinking about, God, I'm so sick and tired of my gig. I want to do something for myself. Uh, where do I even start? It's not hard. It's not difficult. We talked about this with my previous guest. I'm probably going to have to have Brad on again because I want to talk. Oh, yeah. I just, I just thought of social media automation. I'd love to get Brad's thoughts wow. on automating your social media, repurposing. We may, maybe we need to make this a little three part series here, Brad. <laughs> I would love that. I always yeah. enjoy talking with you. I do too. And I, I definitely return the compliment, Brad. I mean, you have been really providing the Nez Nation live audience with some awesome, awesome information, applicable, tangible, you know, information that they can use today. I mean, you can use everything that we've been discussing. You can start implementing this today. Okay. This is evergreen content. So um, I just think this is awesome. So Brad, uh, I love, love, love having you on the show. Um, tell our Nez Nation audience, even though a lot of your links are going to be in the description, in the notes, uh, before we get out of here, tell our Nez Nation audience where they can reach you, where they can find you. You have the floor, sir. Oh, sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Brad Friedman and at Friedman Group, which is just GRP because of course, there's two other Friedman groups in the world and I couldn't get the name fast enough. I uh, noticed that when I tried to Google, I, yeah. I, I went to, I had to go to your Facebook page to, to find your, your, your website. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny too, real quick. I know we need to get off, but uh, the Friedman group, that's a sales company actually called me a few years ago to see if I could work with them. <laughs> Perfect. I was like, yeah, yeah I'll trade you your URL. <laughs> <laughs> for work. No, no, we've had this for you know, forever. Yeah, yeah. Give me your domain name and we can talk. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me there. You can find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash um, the Friedman Group LLC because uh, I couldn't get the Friedman Group there either. And brad.friedman on Instagram. And um, I've been using Instagram a lot more lately. I I've been liking what I've been seeing on Instagram and fun stuff. I'm pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> part of the, uh, part of the business though, you know, yes, I, I sort of have to be everywhere in order to be able to tell people where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just been so uh, fantastic stuff, Brad. I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I, I, so I feel I've learned a lot too, just by listening and, and having the honor of interviewing you. And hopefully Nez Nation, you're heeding, 
these tips and tools and strategies so you can go use them and implement them today. It's the one-stop shop, y'all. This is Nez Nation Live, everything you need to know. We bring on guests like Brad all the time. Not quite like Brad because Brad is definitely one of a kind. But uh, we are, this is the show. This is the show you need to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Hit that like button and follow button on Facebook. And go to professornez.com forward slash podcast where you'll find us everywhere. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, soon to be on Alexa briefings. And we hope to see you guys again. On behalf of Nez Nation, Brad, I just want to thank you again. You were awesome. Thank and you. We will see you guys next time. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching. Stay tuned because we're going to bring it. Thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll see you.